Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. And this is Collateral Gaming Season Season 4. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, smoke it if you've got it. I've got a vape. He's got a vape. And ladies and gentlemen... This is our season premiere. We are so excited to talk about uh, a whole slew of games this season. Um, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Dude, oh my gosh. And let's just talk about this season premiere that we've got for you guys today. Like, this is going to be a banger of a listen. I, I myself have done this, played this game twice within the past five days and beaten it 100%, which is... Kind of sad for people that don't play video games, but it's brilliant to us because it's an amazing experience, and we cannot wait to talk about it with you. Just kidding, with each other. <laughs> with, with each other and with you and and your mom. And oh! Yeah. So, before we get into it, though, we definitely have to start off our Collateral Gaming Season 4 with Collateral Gaming News. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um... For one thing, I know that the Switch OLED model finally came out. So oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. I don't think that it had been out by the last time we recorded. So No, it actually came out. It launched last Friday with Metroid Dread, which is really cool. But honestly, the OLED model is only good if you if you play portable a lot. If you dock it, it's pretty much the exact same experience. There's not much of a difference there at all. But if you like to take your Switch on the go, the OLED model is the way to go. I've seen it. It's really, really nice. It's got a really extended kickstand on the back instead of that one little sliver that the original uh, Switch had. Um, It has a brighter, more vibrant screen. Obviously, the OLED screen does that. And it's like, what, an inch wider? Yeah, I believe so. Totally worth an additional $350. Shout out to you, Nintendo. Way to go. I mean, if you already have a Switch, I don't know if it's if it's worth it. But if you're on the, in the market for one, or uh, in my case, I have a Switch Lite, and I was gonna buy a new Switch anyway. Um, I think I'll get you know the best that they have that's out. Uh, and Absolutely. I, although it's a little disappointing, we didn't get the Switch Pro that we were wanting with 4K and whatnot. Um, this is still a step up, and and I'm happy to see that Nintendo did something with the hardware because we. For a while, they 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 were they were saying that they weren't going to release anything. I think. Well, I mean, let's be honest. The Switch Pro was really started out as a rumor. You know, it was nothing Nintendo really ever talked about. It was just the fans saying, "Hey, we want a Switch Pro. We want that battery plan." Blah, blah. No, it, it was never really confirmed for anything. And so, the OLED is a blessing to the community. You know, um, Nintendo is usually very sparse in the way that they, you know, release content and the way they release systems and updates and stuff like that. And so, to get this is a blessing. You know, it's really cool that Nintendo actually stepped up and updated the hardware even a little bit. And honestly, with the title that they released least it with there's no better time to do it yeah absolutely did you have any contribution to our news segment uh actually i mean 
Yes, I did. It was just one game that came out on October 12th, actually, which was yesterday. Uh, Back for Blood came out, made by the same company that released, you know, the Left 4 Dead series. I don't know the name of the company because I actually haven't started playing Back for Blood yet. I've got it downloaded on my PC, but I'm excited to dive into it. I've been playing so much Dread these past five days, dude. I can't, I can't focus on anything else, but now I'm about to start getting back into Call of Duty and I'll start playing Back for Blood. Hopefully, hopefully with friends. Is it? Is it back for blood, just like Left 4 Dead? Yep. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And I cannot wait to get into it. I love zombies. I love shooting and killing zombies. I love watching zombie-related movies. Uh, World War Z was actually a phenomenal game that came out a while back. It was based off of the movie, but not really. You know, it was just... I guess the story followed just four random people that were a part of the apocalypse. But I love zombie stuff. I'm a huge fan of The Walking Dead. And also, in the way of news... Just kidding. I don't have anything else. What about you, Ash? <laughs> um, that's about it. I think I don't really. I kind of looked it. You know, kind of. Uh, I did a search engine search, and I I couldn't find anything really oh. worth mentioning. Oh, I actually do have some more news. It's been a while since you and I have sat down to record. Uh, but Call of Duty Vanguard comes out on November fifth, I believe. And let me tell you, I played the beta pretty extensively, and that game is phenomenal. It feels like a return to the original Call of Duty format, which is something we've desperately needed since you know Call of Duty Ghosts came out. When that game came out, the series kind of took a turn for the worst. For the worse, sorry, I can't speak, which is a normal thing here on Collateral Gaming, my inability to speak on a podcast. But nonetheless, that game comes out on November 5th, and it is a return to old World War II-style fighting, and I actually love it. The gameplay is smooth and crisp. The lobbies are awesome. Um, With the past few Call of Duties, I believe it started with Modern Warfare, they added something called skill-based matchmaking, which basically puts you in lobbies with players of a similar or greater skill level, and an emphasis on greater, because usually you get in lobbies with kids that are trying so hard, it's like they're, they took their PC or their console to the gym with them, and they are sweating their life away. <laughs> and so, with Vanguard, they implemented a system of uh, separating the lobbies into different categories. Like, you have Tactical, Assault, and Blitz. Tactical is uh, 6v6, um, Assault is 8v8, and Blitz is 10v10. So, if you're looking for more intense, sweaty gameplay... Like high, high speed, fast paced action. Blitz is the game mode for you. Uh, if you're kind of in the middle, you know, play Assault. It's eight v eight. It's not as bad, but it's still intense. And if you want that old classic Call of Duty style feel, Tactical is the way to go. And also, they're kind of throwing a little bit of Battlefield in there too with these twenty four v twenty four lobbies on six v six maps. Holy it's shit! Cr- Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, about Battlefield, Battlefield 2042 comes out very soon. The beta actually just recently released, and it's pretty dope. Not going to lie. I've been thoroughly enjoying my PC just, you know, messing messing around with these games. And honestly, the future for shooters is looking very, very bright. And I'm a huge fan of those, so it's really exciting. Fuck yeah. Alrighty. Well, yeah, we had a lot more to talk about there than I thought we did, so that's cool. But without further ado, I'd love to talk about the game that that we're here for. The oh, game that yes. we've been waiting months for since its announcement at uh <laughs> at uh was it was it at E three? I believe so. <laughs> Ash, you just had the most beautiful Freudian slip, man. You said the game that we have been mating months for. <laughs> Yes, they did announce uh, Metroid Dread at E3, and boy, let me tell you, this game is a banger. Ash and I both started playing it on Friday, the day it came out, and let me tell you, this is easily, easily, and I know, Ash, you'll agree with me on this when I say this, this is the best 2D Metroidvania-style game that has ever been released. I wholeheartedly agree. It is phenomenal. I have zero complaints about the game. It is just spectacular, and I'm sure we'll get into some of the more gritty details later on, but if you have not played, if you're a fan of Metroid, which hopefully you are, you know, if you're not, then that's cool. You can expose yourself to a really awesome series with a great storyline that, as now with the release of this game, has expanded, what is it, 25 years? 1986 was when Metroid originally released for the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, and with Metroid Dread, finally, this story that we have waited years for a conclusion to, since Metroid Fusion's release in 2002, we have finally gotten 
the finale to this storyline. And let me tell you, it exceeds all expectations. It does not disappoint. It is spectacular. Dude, fuck yeah. It really is. Um, and Metroid Dread actually has quite a bit of a of a troubled development history. Um, yes, this game does. was in development hell for quite some time, and then I think at one point it was just officially canceled and uh, wasn't going to be a thing. And for a while, we really didn't get any new Metroid games uh, up until Samus Returns came out. And I think when Samus Returns came that's when Sakamoto decided that the technology was available to make the Metroid Dread game that he originally wanted. But oh, or, dude, yes. Originally, Sakamoto had conceived this as a DS game. It always was intended to be the sequel to Metroid Fusion. It was going to be the uh, latest game chronologically, which it now is. Um, and and obviously, the idea of Dread was the fact that Samus was going to go to this unknown planet. Um and, uh, you know, just kind of picking up on the story from Fusion, of course, we know that Samus uh, had uh, been injected with Metroid DNA in order to cure her of the X-Parasite, uh, destroyed SR388 at the end of Metroid Fusion, eliminating the X. The Metroids had already been extincted as of uh, Metroid 2 slash Super Metroid with the, with the death of the baby. Um, and then I guess Fusion had some like additional Metroids that the the Federation were creating. But anyway, Metroids and X are both gone, um, and, and I think that was always the backdrop that Dread was was planned to be in. Yeah, on absolutely, you're absolutely right. And to be honest, even though it did kind of suck that the game went into development hell and got canceled, I'm really glad that it happened now instead of then because the Switch is the perfect console for this game the dread experience like hints like emphasis on the word dread like let me tell you there are some parts in this game that will make you shudder like you are constantly trying not to get taken out and this is honestly the first metroid title where they take samus yes she's a badass intergalactic bounty hunter but it makes like fusion and dread now especially dread have done a good job of letting you know that Yes, while Samus is extremely talented with what she does, she is susceptible to no, you know, fear and pain and if you slip up, death, you know, and it this game really does a good job of putting you in a sense of dread, making you wonder, okay, how am I going to do this? Am I going to make it through this? And there are some parts where if you get stuck, there is very little chance of escape. And yeah. we'll, we'll dig into that later. We're trying not to spoil anything right now. We're, this is part one. We're going to talk about the game. And if you stick around for part two, that's where we're going to dive into the story and, like, some of the abilities and stuff that you get. And that's where we'll dive into, like, you know, the spoilers and stuff. But right now, take it from both of us. This game is incredible. It was perfectly executed. And the time spent planning it is time that I will never regret losing because this game blew my mind. I mean, dude, the game's been out for five days, and I've 100% completed it twice. Once on normal mode and once on hard mode, and I had a blast both times. I'm probably not going to go through it again for a little while, just because I want to kind of keep it fresh. But I am eventually going to try to go for, you know, you know, faster runs. I'm going to try to do it uh, and see if there's any, you know, rewards for doing that, you know, because one thing this game definitely rewards is the ability to keep up with the pacing, 100%. Yeah. I mean, this isn't much of a spoiler, but with this game, Samus is quick. She's super quick. Faster, you can move very, very... faster than she's been in any Metroid game, in fact. Oh, absolutely. And it adds to the fluidity and the smoothness of the game. It makes for intense, quick, and extremely well-paced gameplay. Yeah, 100%. And it's interesting that this game was originally uh, started development in 2005. Um, and they tried again in, in, in 08, um, both times on the, on the DS. But evidently the limited hardware was just just not enough for Sakamoto to, to, uh, to, to illustrate the dread yeah, that no, they really like wanted to do. I'm telling you, the Switch was perfect for this. With with everything that they implemented in this game, the enemies, uh, the main parts of the storyline, you need you needed this hardware. This was the Switch was literally begging for this game. 
to happen. And it did. You know, Sakamoto's dream was finally envisioned, and it did not disappoint. It exceeded expectations far beyond anything I could have ever dreamed. You know, we freaked out back in, was it June? Yeah, we freaked out back we in June when they announced out. this game. And when the trailer said October 8th, Fans everywhere were just losing their minds. Not only did Samus look amazing, the fusion suit is just spec, or the dread suit. I guess we'll call it the dread suit in this game. It looks spectacular. It looks like a further evolved form of the fusion suit, which right. is my is one of my favorite. Well, now the dread suit's my favorite, but the fusion suit was my favorite in the entire series. Every time I played through Metroid Prime, I made sure I had the fusion suit. Well, and the fusion suit was quite a bit different than than Samus's regular power suit. The idea was that the fusion suit was broke broken down, um, so that all of the the uh or all the organic parts of the suit were removed, so that Samus could or the inorganic parts, I guess, all the outer portions of the suit were removed, so she had this more slim appearance. What we see in Dread seems to be the suit sort of regrowing itself, and and. Uh, regaining its its former composure so and, and it, it's interesting because samus at the end of metroid fusion got the what fans dubbed the omega fusion suit which has the coloring of the various suit and and that's kind of where you start off with this game but very early on of course and, and this isn't a spoiler because this was all throughout the game samus gets um her abilities removed which is kind of a thing that happens in metroid games uh, i like the ones that go out of their way to actually explain it and, and it reverts back to that blue color scheme that we saw with the fusion suit but with a little bit more bulk to it you know yeah. so she's not as exposed as she was before but i still think that she's fast and, and more live as a result of that oh dude absolutely and i will say this fusion and dread both have the perfect explanations as to why she lost her abilities you're not left to wonder like how did this happen you know and they explain it very, very well. And it makes sense. And honestly, with what you learn in the game, getting your abilities back doesn't seem like, like how is this, why are these random abilities just kind of lying around? It makes sense as to how you're getting most of your stuff back. Because as we know, well, nope, no, 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 no. We're not spoiling things. I was about to dive into some spoilers. Just play. <laughs> oh, oh, God. It's so hard not to start diving into the juicy stuff because, man, there's a ton of it. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, this game is is uh, 16 years in the making at least as far as the concept goes. Um, as was stated before, it is the first 2D Metroid game, uh, first new 2D Metroid game that wasn't a remake in 19 years. So certainly something spectacular. It truly deserves the designation as Metroid 5. Uh, yes, it does. If we consider, you know, the Prime as a sub-series, um, Other M doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. Oh, God. Although, uh, they do pay homage to that in this game. They, they do. really do. With some of the things that you're able to do, some of the ways that some of the cutscenes work, uh, some of the motions of some of the enemies kind of do a small callback to Other M, but it's very the Other M is pretty much dead in the water at this point. And I think Nintendo realized their mistake with that game, and they worked really hard to try to erase that because I mean, Samus Returns was awesome. You know, it was really good, but it wasn't a new Metroid title. It was just a re envisioned, re completely reimagined. Uh, version of metroid 2 which is a great game and that's actually the first time when samus returns came out i actually beat it within the past year and it's a phenomenal game i enjoyed it but it's kind of boring because while it is a re-envisioned uh cl classic you know the game itself is kind of repetitive because really you're just on sr388 taking out metroid after metroid after metroid after metroid after metroid after metroid and yes the metroids kind of grow in difficulty but the fights are relatively the same the only ones that aren't are the omega metroids and then the queen metroid everything else is just kind of repetitive it's fun don't get me wrong but it was it was kind of stale as far as adding that to the series and so when metroid dread was announced fans were like yes Yes, yes, finally something new, something absolutely exquisite. And this game, without diving into any details, is a true sequel to Fusion in every way. It is perfect. Yeah. It is perfectly done. It gets a 10 out of 10 from me, and I do not give games 10 out of 10. <laughs> it, it truly is a perfect Metroid game. So, And it's interesting, too, because uh, back around the time that Other M was released, 
Sakamoto was was uh, quoted saying that if they were going to eventually return to Dread, they'd end up starting from scratch. And I don't doubt it. This game, in, in a lot of ways, does uh, feel like a logical extension of Samus Returns, which, of course, was a remake of Metroid uh, 2, Return of Samus. So it makes sense that they would take that prototype and develop a whole new Metroid game from it. But it somehow is even more. I mean, in a lot of ways, it blends together uh, Fusion and Samus Returns, I guess I would say. Uh, uh, I would say that it blends together Fusion, Samus Returns, and Zero Mission. Because in Zero Mission, Samus is relatively quick. And also, the pacing of Zero Mission, this game felt a lot like Zero Mission's pacing. Because you get items relatively fast, back to back to back, in Zero Mission. And I'm not saying that that's what happens in Dread. Um, It's just the pacing feels like a woman that is nervous. It feels like she is dreading what's happening around her, and so she's trying to get through this as quickly as possible. And they constantly put you in that feeling of terror. And it's so wonderful, which makes it a perfect sequel to Fusion because the Sayex sequences were horrifying. Every single time you walked into a new area and you heard those footsteps, it's on. You're you're about to have to run for your life because you're no match for the Sayex. That she is, is a game m- that exemplifies dread quite a bit, too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um. And I think that what took so long for Dread was maybe Nintendo thought that players wouldn't be interested in a 2D Metroid, and they were proven wrong whenever uh, Samus Returns was met with critical acclaim. And because we understood that Metroid Prime 4 was in development, and we understood that Samus Returns was a remake of a previous game, it was something to kind of just tide us over, um, you know, it wasn't as big of a disappointment that Nintendo wasn't working on a 3D Metroid. In fact, if anything, we live in an era now where people are sort of embracing this 2D style. I mean, Metroidvania is one of the most popular uh, genres of indie games, and indie games have been extremely popular. So so returning back to 2D has actually been uh, a recent trend, and it also sh- goes to show that these ki- types of games don't take as long to create. While obviously a lot of effort and thought went into Dread, they, they announced it back in June and released it in October, which goes to show that the game probably didn't take too long to develop. I'd imagine that they worked off the same engine as Samus Returns, although I would say I think all the assets are brand new. And they oh, look absolutely. Fantastic on the Switch. So, and understanding, too, again, that this is a 2D game that we're going to be able to play for now, but we still are going to get Metroid Prime 4, you know, later on. I think is has everyone completely satisfied with that, and you, and and in any way, this game being two D, I don't think takes away from the depth of it. The two D side scroller Metroids and the Metroid Prime games are just two different types of games, and I love them both for different reasons. And I hope we continue to get both. Dude, you're absolutely right. And honestly, you know, you and I talked about this a little bit. I think last week before Dread came out. Um, I'm wondering if maybe Metroid Prime 4 will be a 3D first-person continuation of what's happening. Yeah, Maybe not. Be. Maybe it could be just a little bit after Prime 3. You know, it might involve Silex a little bit. But part of me is hoping that, you know, I think Sakamoto and Nintendo knew that Nintendo Dread, Nintendo Dread, Metroid Dread, was going to turn out to be as good as it is. Um, because, I mean, if you're a company releasing a video game, you got to be confident in your product. And Nintendo... While they do take a long time to release their stuff, they release some bomb-ass video games, Metroid Other M not included. And so I'm thinking that they developed Dread with Prime 4 in mind. And when I say that, I mean, why not keep fans loving this series by continuing that story with a first-person adventure? Because the Prime trilogy was incredible. But it didn't continue the story. It was a sub. It was a subplot. Basically, it was a subplot, and all centering around Metroid Prime. So I'd like to see if there's any way that Prime Four, even if it takes place later on, will still connect to that original story. Because I don't know if there's anywhere else they could they could go with it. But I'd be interested to see them try. And even if they didn't, I think it would be awesome. I know in particular a lot of develop. Uh, uh, in particular, developers have stated that. Metroid Dread is the conclusion of the saga we have had so far uh, with Samus and the Metroids. And oh, so, absolutely. And and you truly will see how that ends by the end of this game. Again, we'll get into that in part two. But um, 
I'm really interested to see how uh, Nintendo is going to go about the series from here on. And I we kind of get a clue as to, as to the direction. But if Metroid Prime 4 is going to be part of this new direction, I'm really excited to see it. You know, you're absolutely right. I'm right. I am right on board with you, man. I Honestly, this game, for me, launches Metroid into the spotlight. With a game as pristine and wonderful as this, a smooth, fast-paced gameplay that's intense and difficult, this Metroid is not for the faint of heart, and it's not for lazy gamers. If you don't like games that are difficult, this is not the game for you. This game is tough. Even on the normal difficulty, it is hard. And this is coming from somebody that just beat the game 100% on hard. And that is really hard. <laughs> it's I, really hard. I 100%ed it on normal, and I'm maybe halfway through the hard mode. I even tr- started another playthrough that I got a little bit farther in, where I uh, was attempting to just run through it as fast as possible. So kind of a minimal percent run, just picking up any items that ha- that are not out of my way to get. But, you know, still trying to get through it as quickly as possible so that I can get um, better rewards. Because, of course, that is a traditional thing with Metroid, is that either clear time or item percent com- completion or item completion percent uh can can give you different endings and oh yeah dread of course continues the trend of that we'll go ahead and say that much but yeah i mean dread i think is is just the most logical extrapolation of where samus returns when of course we see the melee uh the melee counter come back and exactly the way that i wanted them to do it they decide they made this the combat in this game rely a little bit less on it so not every single enemy could be countered because it did get a little bit stale yep. when it, every single enemy was the same gimmick in fact that's exactly what the melee counter felt like in samus returns was like a gimmick in this Dread has basically turned that mechanic into a staple, something that should be part of Samus's uh, repertoire. Because in addition to being able to to melee counter, Samus can also dash melee, which actually does inflict damage, and uh, it allows you to just it, again. I think I think it it contributes to the pacing of the game. Samus is fast and can just keep moving. Another thing that really helps is the slide mechanic. And you actually don't get the metamorph ball nearly as early in this game as you do in other games. No, not at so all. So you actually get used to using the slide mechanic, which allows Samus to uh, slide underneath obstacles. Um, not quite as far as she can in morph ball mode, but if you play the end of Other M, it works very, it's ve- works very similar to uh, the Zero Suit Samus mechanic in that game. And that is true, except it's well done. It's well done, and actually, I really appreciate it. And again, I think it's something that needs to be in uh, Metroid games in the future, along with the flash shift. That's an aw- aw- also an awesome ability that completely changes the way you can go about combat and turn Samus into a literal beast, and she can move across the room real quickly. Oh yeah, dude! I, I to be <laughs> to be honest, that's like one of my favorite abilities from the game, and. The fact that this game also uses Aeon, like um, Samus Returns did, like you get the ability to use Aeon abilities. and But the pacing with the Aeon rechargeability and not having to collect Aeon orbs, you don't have to collect Aeon orbs in this game. I'm going to go ahead and let you know that right now. The Aeon is a lot more user-friendly and easier to manage, but still difficult in some spaces, like when you're trying to, you know... Uh, well, it's basically just a cooldown mechanic in this game. Mm-hmm. And, and but it's very quick. Movement, quick movement charges your Aeon ability very fast. Right. Including with the Phantom Cloak ability. And we can talk about that because it was. I remember seeing that in the trailers and oh, yeah. the gameplay demos. But the Phantom Cloak ability will allow Samus to camouflage herself, which works really well with the uh, when you're going against the Emmy. And the Emmy yes. robots are the you know, kind of overarching uh, antagonistic force in this game that really exemplify dread for the majority of the game because the Emmy are these in complete uh, are these robots that are completely invulnerable to your weaponry and they will insta kill you. You do get a small opportunity to counter one if it catches you, but it's very difficult to pull off and not something you can rely on. Yes. So really most of the time what you're doing is you're trying to dodge the Emmy, get around them, and then eventually find the ability that will allow you to destroy them. And the Phantom Cloak ability allows you to bypass them, and so you can use that strategically when they're searching for you. However, once they've caught sight of you, 
it's not going to help you much. <laughs> yep, that and if you even so much as come in, if you brush up against an Emmy, they will get you. Like And like Ash said, you literally have a 1 in 100 chance of nailing that ability to escape. I won't go into detail on it, but you do have two opportunities per Emmy, you know, encounter to get out and if you miss the first one chances are you're not going to get the second one it's hard it's just it's very very difficult i will say though i got caught by an emmy like three times in a row and i managed to get out of it all three times <laughs> you feel so and satisfying I, and then you can oh, just slide underneath it and it's so cool yeah the first time i was like oh i did it and i didn't move because i was freaking out and then he caught me again and killed me <laughs> it's hard to pull off but i managed to kind of figure out the 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 uh the the timing of it but it's not perfect i mean there are d different environments where um i think some of the emmys are faster than others and uh also when you're in the water that will affect it some of those segments are really difficult when you don't have the gravity suit and you're moving through the water and an emmy's coming after you it's faster than you you're not gonna outrun it so you have to be smart and figure out ways to run away um the grapple beam in particular actually helped me with that uh Speaking of the grapple beam, because it also works in tangent, tandem with the uh, with the spider magnet ability, that was really cool, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I think the spider magnet and the grapple beam ability both shine a light to Samus's ability to move throughout the game. And like I'm telling you, this game really emphasizes Samus's ability to just get going like to move. to move quickly and the grapple beam and the spider magnet both play a hefty part in escaping the emmys but you have to be precise and accurate because while okay i will say this metroid game has the cleanest and smoothest control scheme of any metroid game everything is placed perfectly to where once you learn how to play it's basically muscle memory and you become samus this is the first metroid game i've ever played where i've actually felt like I was Samus. And that's why I played it for five days straight, nonstop, twice. Because I it's just stop su playing. It's such a good game. It's so smooth. It is literally perfect in almost every way. I'm sure some people are going to be like, well, that's 2D. Well, first of all, it's 2.5D <laughs> with some of the most beautiful three-dimensional cutscenes I have ever seen in a side-scrolling game. And Metroid game to date, like... The set, the environments, the different places you'll go. It's just, it's all so well produced. And the cinematic cutscenes are just intense. You feel like you are there and that it is happening, that it is happening right in front of you. This game does a phenomenal job of pulling you in and becoming an immersive experience that we so desperately needed. And I feel like this game is going to put Metroid in the spotlight because it hasn't been Nintendo's most successful or most popular series. But with this addition to the series, people are going to start to say, oh, this, this is serious. Like this game series is phenomenal and the more people that play dread and especially since it's not a very popular series in japan i think once once they start like getting a hold of it and starting to see what sakamoto has produced they're gonna be like oh wow this is tight and so they're gonna play metroid prime 4 and whatever the next 2d metroid is gonna be because this is definitely not gonna be the last 2d metroid title not with the success of this game no freaking way there's no way they're gonna stop there they're going to keep making it better. And now that Sakamoto is completely in charge of these future projects, hopefully, I will say that, hopefully, because Dread was spectacular. It is spectacular. But Other M was terrible, and Sakamoto was in charge of that, too. So Yes, but <laughs> trial by fire, man. You win some, you lose some. And he won huge with this one. And so why not stick with this kind of formula? Stick with this kind of Samus that isn't scared of anything. She will literally stand head first while a giant dragon or giant creature is literally screaming in her face. Everyone saw it in the trailer. Everyone knows that Kraid is in the game. When Kraid, when you face off against Kraid, he is yelling and screaming at you, but she is just standing there looking up at him like, what you got for me? Let's go. Soon be entering CTR's atmosphere. The bounty for this mission does not seem appropriate. The risk clearly outweighs the reward. 
entering the atmosphere in T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Samus returns to being a silent badass. And this game does feature voice acting, but, um, you know, Samus in particular has been reduced quite a bit, and I think it should stay that way. I don't think, like Link, that she's a character that should never, ever, ever talk, but she's definitely a character that works better when she talks less. So you do get a little bit of text monologue in the game, and there is one part in the game where you hear some voice acting from Samus, and it's not quite what you would expect. Not at all. That it made me tear up, dude. Yeah. It made me almost cry. I was like, no way. Oh, dude, I had such a nerdgasm in that moment. It was spectacular. Oh. And then what happens immediately after just oh my god. Okay, but we're not gonna talk about that because we're not doing spoilers right now. And so I, I think it's I think it's wonderful that they've returned to formula with Samus being the character that she is, the silent badass. And dude. Oh, also, I love how in, in this game, you know, they did it in Samus Returns when you when you're like facing a, a heavy enemy or a boss and you successfully land a counter. It goes into like a little uh, interactive cutscene where you can continue like plowing missiles or beam shots into the enemy. But it's like this really cool cinematic part of the fight that it, it it's different every time, because also this game was designed for sequence breaking. It truly was. Because there's different ways to enjoy different fights if you've gotten different items at different times. And I think that that truly, truly pays homage to the brilliance of Sakamoto and, you know, Mercury Steam. Mercury Steam is beautiful. Mercury Steam did such a good job with this game. I don't want any other company making 2D Metroids ever. Ever. <laughs> Besides Nintendo. 
Well, I mean, that's a given, but Mercury <laughs> Steam has to be doing this from now on. Like, Mercury Steam, if they weren't a very popular video game company, damn it, they should be now, because my god. They were in charge of Samus Returns too, I think. No, oh yeah, they were. They were, and they did a phenomenal job for the power that the 3DS had. But it's still, imagine Samus Returns on the Switch. Yeah, I would like to see that game get ported to Switch, um, and, and just kind of get uh, an HD upgrade, and... Uh, rework the controls a little bit so that they can they'll work on the switch, which could totally be done. But yeah, so so Mercury Stream as the 2D Metroid developer and Retro Studios as the 3D developer, and we're golden. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> dude, we are we are Krispy Kreme 2012. We're and Nintendo good. overseeing in both cases, but it looks like Nintendo is is uh, has been outsourcing uh, a lot of the development with Metroid games which makes sense when they're not when they're more popular in the west it makes more sense to have western studios develop them absolutely i couldn't but agree with you more with you know, sakamoto just... overseeing the entire thing is sort of the kevin feige of the operation or the shigeru miyamoto on that side <laughs> absolutely absolutely and honestly it, i think shigeru miyamoto is looking at this game like well i want in i want a piece of this let me let me in on this because y'all just don't know. If you haven't played this game, just go play it. Go play the game. Do it. We want you to play the game. Please. Because Oh, my God. Dude, I'm about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> this game is spectacular. And, I mean, you enjoyed it playing it on the uh, Switch Lite. But, man, I played it on my monitor here in my room. And I... I bet it looked even better. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. You just... Ah, bah, 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 bah. It's <laughs> and this game looks good at handheld, though. Don't get me wrong. It is... Phenomenal, like you said, these uh, the the cinematics in it are brilliant. I, I love how we do get a little bit of that three D perspective in those cinematics, and so that allows you to uh, to kind of see the world from Samus's eyes a little bit. And even whenever you're doing, for instance, those those uh, counter chain sequences with most of the bosses in this game, and most every boss has a, or I think every boss actually, now that I think about it, has a sequence. Um, that allows you to, uh, to to get a little bit more of that perspective. Some of the bosses in this game are super inventive and fun, too. Like the one oh, yeah. that you get the Phantom Cloak ability from. Again, that one was featured in a tech demo and trailers. That's His name is Corpius. Corpius, yeah. That boss actually uh, you will face early on in the game, and it's one of the best fights. It's actually really cool. And some of those first sequences with the Emmys are just really terrifying. <laughs> they really are, because at the beginning of the game, you are completely helpless. All you have is a slide, a power beam, and that's it. And a counter, a melee counter. That is it. You don't even have a full... You have one full energy tank. You have 15 missiles, a counter, a slide... And, a, uh, and that's it, basically. Just a little weak power beam. And so you genuinely feel helpless. There's one point... Well, well, no, this isn't really a spoiler. There's one point where you're talking to the computer, because this is a sequel to Metroid Fusion, so you know that there's going to be interactions with Adam. That's just a given. It's going to happen. I mean, we see it a little bit in the trailer. So, I mean, we see her talking to the computer. Right. And, and so... He literally tells you at one point, accept your helplessness. You are faced with a power far beyond your, you know, imagining. You need, your only goal right now is to survive. He even tells you that the main boss that you're going to fight in the game, who's a mysterious chosen warrior that we're not going to get into, but um, he even tells you that at full power you would have, you would have, been helpless against this guy which she was that's why she's in the predicament she's in and so samus is completely stripped of her abilities isolated unlike a lot of the more recent original metroid games this one does focus quite a bit more on that isolation so it's a return to form in a lot of different ways and even though you have adam in the game he isn't nearly as frequent he only shows up at certain network stations throughout the game and doesn't tell you exactly where to go or what to do unlike fusion but just giving you general guidance on what your objective is going to be you know early that on is, in the game yeah. he tells you your objective is to reach the surface and that was something that was different in a lot of metroid games including the predecessors samus returns especially in that one in metroid 2 um samus is working her way down to the planet in this version samus starts in the in in the depths of zdr and works her way up and so your general goal and your priority is making your way to the surface for actually the entire game. And that's pretty much the only direction 
that you're given. He tells Samus to trust her instincts. And so, you know, you yeah, don't get is... a lot of direction on where to go. <laughs> Absolutely. There is very, very little in the realm of hand-holding with this game. You, they, you know, I, it makes me laugh because when they, you know, announced this game, they were like, yeah, this is going to be a Metroid title for all, for all people. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's a lie. This junk is hard, man. You, it's hard. I, I mean, if you're a good gamer, then you might get it, but you're not going to know the story. You're not going to understand why what's happening is happening. You're not going to understand why Samus looks the way she does. You're not going to understand anything except that, hey, boom, move, shoot, boom, boom, jump and live they give you a a little rundown of what happened in metroid fusion and and previous games but yeah this game is best enjoyed if you are a metroid fan but the developers have teased that it's a game that a a newbie can start off with and with the more fast place paced gameplay and more modern um aspects of it i think it, it will appeal to a gamer who has never played a metroid game before or maybe hasn't played all of them yes and you know with the extinction of the metroids there is not, you don't face a single Metroid in this game. And I actually love that because yes, the game is called Metroid, but I mean, you got to come up with new stuff. You got to keep, you got to keep the series going. You got to keep things fresh. You got to keep things, you know, original. And I really like the fact that there's no Ridley fight. There's no, there's no Metroids that you have to face because that gets old after a while. You start to expect it and you're like, well, Okay, this is happening again. Now, if you waited like a few titles and then introduced them again in like a very, very unique or interesting way, then I would be down for that. But at the end of Fusion, Ridley is dead. Like the ex-parasite that mimicked him and you have to fight him, he is dead. You defeat them and then you absorb the core X and you get the screw attack. That That's it. He's done. He's done. He's gone. There's no more Ridley. He is gone. And so if they had found a way to put him in this game, I would have been kind of mad. I would have been like, why? What? What's the point? That would have been something that would have made me say this game is a 9.7. Because everything else is perfect. It's perfect perfect like the item hunting everybody knows that in a metroid game that you got to hunt for power-ups like power bombs missiles all of that good stuff it is beautiful like it's really fun to look for different items and obviously you know they brought back shine spark puzzles and so that they showed shine spark in the trailer everybody knew the speed boost speed booster was coming back and so you knew they were going to implement some crazy shine spark puzzles i had ash trying to help me with a couple of them because they were just beating my brains in yeah but shine now spark i'm really good at them i want to say are are very are, are very quintessential to metroid and i'm glad that they're back along with the speed booster i like the way that the speed booster is incorporated into this game better um with the additional controls on the switch it no longer has to automatically kick in like it did in the 2d titles and other m but, you know, we actually have the ability to trigger it like we did in Super Metroid, and I appreciate that. That actually mm-hmm. makes the game a lot uh, a lot better. And I also like that they did make the, the Speed Booster and Shine Spark mechanics just a little bit more accessible to players. Um, Absolutely. The you, Shine I mean, Spark you... maneuver will kick in... Uh, the Shine Spark kicks, or the Speed Booster kicks in a little bit sooner, and, the, and you get a little bit more time while you have a Shine Spark charged up. Yeah, the worst, the worst speed booster uh, kick-in time was Metroid Other M, because you literally had to watch her jetpack light up, and then it would eventually, you know, yeah, kick in. And there was only like two decent Shine Spark puzzles in Metroid Other M. I did, I did like. I did like using the speed booster in other M. It it took, you know, 3D. It took sh- it doing speed booster in 3D was really cool. But I mean the game was just so bad and so repetitive and just made Samus look like a weak a weakling and it's just it wasn't it wasn't it shouldn't be canon at all. But I 100% to, think they should decanonize it. <laughs> I mean, if they do though, then that means that Adam should be alive. And no, because shouldn't be in the computer. In Fusion, Samus mentioned that Adam had already died. We just didn't know how he died. Other M attempts to tell that story, but in a lot of ways disgraces Adam quite a bit. I'd be happy if it was decanonized and we could just chalk it up to Adam died in her Federation days or something. You know, I'd actually be 100% okay with that. We don't need to know the circumstances of why he died or, or give us a small flashback sequence showing it. Or they remake Metroid Other M. They completely reimagine it and make it the game it needed to be. 
Don't make Samus weak. Make it make the items accessible. Make make the story make sense. Don't allow Samus to have to wait for authorization <laughs> of items. Let us find the items instead of waiting for Adam's stupid little behind in a control booth to tell us, yep, uh, use of super missiles is now authorized. Uh, shoot the magma port and get the light in the room so that you can fight a great value mutated Ridley thing. It's it's just terrible. It's not... It, okay. As much as I'd like to see that get remade, I highly doubt it would happen because I mean, other uh, other M is just so stigmatized that I don't I don't think it's what what I would what I'm more banking on and and the way the route that I would take it is if they do a, a remake of Super Metroid just throw in a little scene at the end where like Samus gets like two different mission objectives she can either like she gets the bottle the bottle ship cry, uh, uh, cry but then she also gets like the hint towards uh, the BSL on Metroid Fusion and she goes. Eh, I'll go to the one on Metroid Fusion and it just totally decanonizes other M. She never went to the bottle ship. <laughs> and on her way, way there, and like on her way there, she gets a notification that Adam like passed away serving the the Galactic Federation, and she like parks her ship on like an asteroid or like a a lone planet, and she just mourns him. And then the events of Fusion take place. That would be really cool. It'd be sad, but it'd be really cool. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why Other M needs to be canon anymore. I'd love to see a remake of it because it had potential. But in all honesty, I'd just like to see what they could do with a 3D, like, behind the person, but behind the shoulder camera style. Because Other M was trying to be the 2D style of gameplay just in 3D. That was their attempt at doing that. And the format worked. It's just if we had a better control scheme, it would have been better. But in all honesty the fact that we went that route and it didn't work out is why we got 2d metroids again and so i'm totally okay with it yep and to be honest i would love it if mercury steam would do a remake of fusion because it would be perfect you know it would give fusion the the look that it deserves and honestly dude encounters with the sayx if they added like cinematics and stuff oh my god you could easily do a remake of Fusion in the style of Dread, and that's kind of what we were envisioning. Remember, we were saying that uh, we would like to do a Metroid Fusion remake in the style of Samus Returns, but upgraded for Switch. That's what Dread is. So I would love to see Fusion done in the same style of Dread and maybe bring in some of the abilities that Dread brings in, which would make sense canonically for Samus to have those abilities because it's right before. And then I'd love to see a 3D remake of, of, of Super Metroid. I'd love to see that. That would be cool, but I, I seriously doubt that's going to happen because Super Metroid is one of the greatest Metroid titles of all time to other people. I am not the biggest fan of Super Metroid. I don't like the clunkiness of the game, and maybe that's just because I wasn't old enough to enjoy it when I was younger, and I didn't get that you know nostalgic experience, but... Uh, I don't. I don't think that's gonna happen. If they do remake it, they'll probably have Mercury Steam do it in a two D side scroller format. Um, I I don't see why they would make a three D remake of a two D game. It would just it would require too much overhaul and you know too much work that could be put into a newer two D like an advancement in the story or like the start of the new Metroid story because this story that we just concluded with Dread started back in nineteen eighty six and. I, you know, that's just my personal thoughts and opinion on it. Uh, I'm sure you would still love to see a 3D remake of Super Metroid because it is a good game and it's got a great story. But, you know, why why do that when they can just create something so new and something better, something smoother, you know? Like, continue continue what's going on after Dread. Like, and I, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns hoping that Metroid Prime 4 is a contination of this story, but in 3D. That would be awesome. That it's not a be subplot awesome. because we have so much story to piece together now. And with dread concluding that story, I'm eager to learn what happens next. I don't want to, I don't want to keep reliving the past. You know, I want to keep going because I'm almost 25 years old. And while that doesn't really matter in this conversation, the older I get, the more new content I'm going to want to see before I finally, you know, just hit the ground. I'm just kidding. That's very dark, <laughs> but, but Hey, you know, I, I, I dread, the fact that they are dread the possibility of them going back. Yes. Pun intended. <laughs> well, that being said, we'll definitely have more to talk about in part two. Uh, we're really going to get into the spoiler. We'll get into the story and, oh, and yeah. some of the new items that Samus has used that we avoided uh, d diving into. 
but we could honestly talk about this for another hour, and we will in November. So stay tuned for part two of our episode on Metroid Dread. Uh, before that, we are going to be talking about Outlast as our Halloween special. So we'll have a little bit of break, and that gives um, everyone, you know, just kind of a whole month with Dread having been out before we really get into spoilers. And I'm excited about that. So Absolutely. Both of those. And there's so much more that's coming up in Collateral Game Season 4. So just everyone stay tuned for that. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or feedback on your platform of choice. Uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to this on one podcast platform, but you prefer another, chances are we're on that. Uh, we are also on social media. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, and uh, if you'd like to collab with us, if you'd like to see us talk about a certain game or do something, stay tuned for that. We're also jumping right back into bonus round uh, this season. In fact, um, I we, I think we will plan something Halloween themed for uh, the bonus round this month. Um, and uh, we've still got a couple a couple bonus round episodes that we have planned. And also, uh, let's play commentaries. I think at some point we're definitely going to have to do a let's play on Metro. Oh Trek. my god, dude! Absolutely, man. We would be stupid not to. I, dude. Oh, yes. Yes, continue. But, but yeah, um, anything else to add on your end, Zach? No, man. Uh, anything else I have left to say would probably start diving into spoilers. And, dude, after playing this game through twice, we're going to have plenty of stuff to talk about the next time we revisit this. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think you said this is a 10 out of 10 for you. Absolutely, 10 out of 10, 100%. The music is... Spe- oh, that's one thing we didn't touch on, dude. The music is spectacular. All original tracks with some hints to older stuff, but it's all fresh and new. And I love that because you guys know I'm a music fanatic. And so, yeah, all of the tracks are really, really awesome to listen to. They make the game a lot more enjoyable, more fun to get into. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I could talk about Uh We will dive much deeper into this in November when we come back to it. But guys, if you have a chance, based on just what we've said today, if you can get a copy of Metroid Dread, I guarantee you, you will not regret it. It is a spectacular experience that I have done twice in the past five days like a crack addict. And I kid you not, you will enjoy every second of it. There is The pacing of this game is the best pacing in a video game I've ever experienced. There is not a single dull moment to the game. This is going to be a 10 out of 10 for me as well. This game is literally perfect uh, as a Metroid game, as a 2D Metroidvania style type of game. I mean, there is absolutely nothing that I was let down by. It not only met my expectations, it surpassed them. And that was oh, hard yeah. to do because I had a lot of expectations for this game. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. When we saw this release or when we saw it announced, we were screaming. We were nerding out. And then the game came out and just completely blew our minds. Oh, and... it was the highlight of E3. Nintendo stole the show with... Just this and the peak at Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Oh, hoo-ah. All right. Yeah, we need to stop before I start talking about Zelda. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for the rest of Collateral Gaming Season 4. Also, on Collateral Cinema, we recorded our season uh, premiere on Necromantic. We've also recorded our episode on Scream, starring Stu from SWL Productions, um, and our Halloween special on Halloween Kills, and At the Movies episode, is up and coming. So, both Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema have a lot of content to dive into. We're really excited about it. Hopefully, we can get Zach on board with uh, some Collateral Cinema episodes and our other co-hosts as well. Our other co-host. <laughs> oh, that's that's a big bet, my dude. That's a big bet. Yeah. Also, I'm super pumped to talk about Outlast. That game is terrifying. And it's the game that made me uh, come the closest to actually crapping my pants playing a video game. So I'm very <laughs> excited to dive back into that. Um, I actually have it downloaded on my PC. I'm going to start a playthrough of it sometime next week, and that way I'll be done by the time Halloween rolls around. So, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good time. Hell yeah, man. All right. Well, um, that being said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Zachary Gio. This has been Collateral Gaming Season Premiere. Woo! And we are out. Audi. Audi 5000. 
See you later, everybody. Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.